Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi, and before we begin talking about the two men highlighted in this episode, Chris Baker and Grandison Harris, we have a few important things to talk about first. I'm Holly Fry. Chris Baker and Grandison Harris were both enslaved men whose work it was to snatch bodies from graves. To tell their stories, you're going to hear some outdated language. We have chosen to include certain racial epithets as they appear in quoted material. Not the one you're probably most worried about, don't worry. We're doing that, though, in order to honestly represent the bigoted language that was incredibly common and accepted at the time. This is, of course, if you know anything about it, a difficult period in America's history, but it's really important to tell the stories of Black men like Baker and Harris as they lived their lives. And while we're setting this stage, let's also make sure we're on the same historical and constitutional page. 
We're not going to dive deeply into the history of the United States during the time of its civil war. That would be an incredibly enormous and ongoing project, and there are plenty of resources for that information if you want to brush up on it. But there are a few key things to know that will help these men's stories come to life. The stories of both Chris Baker and Grandison Harris take place during the American Civil War, fought between April 1861 and April 1865. Actually, their stories take place a little bit before and a little bit afterwards as well. Post-war, the United States Congress made amendments to the United States Constitution to both end slavery and to grant citizenship to black people. The 13th Amendment, passed by Congress on January 31, 1865, and ratified on December 6 that same year, abolished slavery within the United States, or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Congress made several new laws to protect former enslaved persons, including the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment was passed by Congress on June 13, 1866, and ratified on July 9, 1868. It was intended to grant citizenship and equal civil and legal rights to free black people and enslaved persons who were emancipated after the Civil War. The Confederate states, defeated in the war, underwent what was known as Reconstruction. That always sounds like such a positive word, but this was a very turbulent time in the southern states from the end of the war in 1865 until 1877. This period was intended to have transformed the states politically, socially, and economically. But free and newly freed Black people found themselves instead up against Jim Crow laws and Black codes that enforced or even legalized racial segregation. These laws, which varied from state to state, became well-established and lasted for almost a hundred years, from the post-Civil War era until around 1968. Their main purpose was to marginalize the Black American community. Let's name off just a few examples. For instance, marriage between a white person and a person of color, any color, was prohibited. And that was actually the case in some U.S. states until 1967. There were segregated waiting rooms, elevators, restrooms. You get the idea. And none of those designated spaces for Black people were built or maintained to the same standards as those that were intended for the use of white people. Nothing about this was equal. In Georgia, for example, where Grandison Harris lived, it was unlawful for, and we are quoting this now, quote, any amateur white baseball team to play baseball on any vacant lot or baseball diamond within two blocks of a playground devoted to the Negro race, and it shall be unlawful for any amateur colored baseball team to play baseball in any vacant lot or baseball diamond within two blocks of any playground devoted to the white race. Virginia, which was Baker's home, authorized cities and towns to create what were called segregation districts to prevent anyone of color from moving into white neighborhoods. Okay, so now that we know where we are in history, let's take a break for a word from our sponsor, when we're back, we'll talk about who Chris Baker was and why he was important. When it comes to makeup looks, I really like full glam, but I also often just need an easy day look. And Thrive Cosmetics has been my go-to. 
I also travel a lot. I'm really guilty of lugging around way too much makeup in my suitcase, and I'm trying to curb that habit. And Thrive's Brilliant Eye Brightener is the key to the whole thing. So instead of packing a bunch of palettes that I may or may not use, I can just throw a few of these slim sticks in my bag and I get all the shimmer and shadow I'm looking for. I streamline my packing. I can blend them together. They blend like butter. And you can layer different colors to get something truly unique. And then you just have your look all pulled together. Your eyes are brighter. You look well-rested. And you look really pretty glam for a very easy look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. It's easy to see why they get so many five-star reviews. And even better, they give back to communities. For every product that you purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. So you look great and you can feel great about how you got there. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 20% off your first order. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to lifelock.com slash iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease, with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. 
Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Criminalia. Now that we have a little bit of background into the time Chris Baker and Grandison Harris were alive, let's start talking about their actual lives. Despite what we may often see in movies and media, not all enslaved people worked as agricultural laborers on large plantations, such as those producing cotton or sugarcane. While many did work on plantations in the southern states, there were also enslaved people engaging in skilled labor, such as in domestic jobs, cooks, blacksmiths, drivers, gardeners. That list goes on and on. There were a variety of workplaces, including one you might not think of. Well, at least probably not at first. Chris Baker may have been involved in the theft of hundreds of corpses from black cemeteries across Richmond, Virginia in the mid to late 1800s. Chris was a Black man born at the Medical College of Virginia, or MCV, to enslaved parents who also worked at the school. Those who were enslaved were considered property, and that made Chris the property of MCV. He was born into enslavement. Demographic information about Chris varies on just about every single detail, beginning with the year of his birth. Without knowing when he was born, it's hard to determine if he was an enslaved man during his time snatching bodies, or part of the time, or if he was freed with others at the close of the Civil War. Some records indicate he had a wife named Martha. Maybe Martha. Some reports refer to Martha as his mother, not his wife. And he did, we're fairly certain, have a son named John. Some reports suggest Chris lived with his family in the basement of the Egyptian building at the school. However, this is also up for debate. Some historians point to the city directories in the early 1900s, where a Chris Baker is listed at a series of addresses close to the hospital in the Jackson Ward district of Richmond. When Chris began acquiring bodies, it was either by his own hands, with a team of a few other guys, or by hiring others to do so for him. Regardless of whether he worked alone or not, all of the bodies he acquired were for the Medical College of Virginia. As an aside here, the Medical College of Virginia that we're talking about joined with the Richmond Professional Institute in 1968 to form Virginia Commonwealth University, or VCU as we know it today. Chris was MCV's in-house resurrection man, or as he was described in the 1890 census, his occupation was, quote, an anatomical man. In addition to digging up bodies, his work also included preserving those bodies in quicklime for dissection, as well as generally keeping up with the local deaths and therefore any potential body-snatching opportunities in the city. Chris was well-respected on campus. In fact, he was often asked to take pictures with the medical students after dissections. 
But in the Black community, it was rumored Chris could wield Black magic. As one future doctor wrote of the legendary Resurrection Man, quote, he was a small man, bald, and wore a black skull cap that made him so distinguishable that Negroes avoided him like the plague. According to VCU's chairman of the Department of African American Studies, Dr. Sean O. Utsi, Baker had been arrested several times in the act of stealing bodies. He describes an instance when Chris and three other men were caught by local Virginia authorities in the process of disturbing at least eight graves. So this is a large operation at that point. That time, Baker was indicted on one felony and two misdemeanor counts of body snatching, but he was pardoned by the governor. As we've talked about in almost every episode this season, many authorities simply looked the other way when it came to this job. And Chris became famous, infamous, as a ghoul who haunted the graves of the Black community. There is no way to know how many bodies were stolen from cemeteries in the area, but the estimates from within the Black cemeteries are in the thousands. Baker, it said, was known to haunt both the Sycamore Cemetery on the north side and the Oakwood Cemetery in northeast Richmond. Unlike the white students who took photos with him, his work left the Black community fearful of him. There are many sensational stories surrounding Chris. One tale told is that he would attend funerals disguised as a mourner to scout for fresh bodies. Another tells of how some Richmonders believed he carried a bag to silence the screams of the living he captured in dark alleys around the city. A little side note here, there's really no evidence that Chris committed murders for bodies, although that wasn't unheard of among body snatchers. If you remember the term burking, we talked about that in our episode about William Burke and William Hare, who never seemed to have stepped foot in a cemetery, yet were highly successful at delivering fresh corpses. The Virginia State newspaper argued in a front-page feature story that Chris Baker and other resurrection men were not what many considered to be, quote, a necessary evil. This article argued, quote, if they be, why not divide the honors between Oakwood Cemetery and Hollywood alike and between the two races? It has been claimed by many white men that Negroes are physically dissimilar to Caucasians. If that be true, then it is not fair to the white people that only colored ones should be dissected and should be the only ones of whose physical structures the doctors have any knowledge. After an 1835 visit to Maryland, English travel writer Harriet Martineau astutely observed that, quote, in Baltimore, the bodies of colored people exclusively are taken for dissection because the whites do not like it, and the colored people cannot resist. Chris Baker's story is not the only one of its kind. Next, we are going to travel to Georgia. It's a little bit early, but we're going to take this opportunity for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we'll talk about the life of Grandison Harris. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. 
with over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease, with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and a leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and exceptional craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Welcome back to Criminalia. Grandison Harris was an enslaved man who stole the bodies of Black people from Black graveyards. A little bit similar. Here is his story. The Medical College of Georgia in Augusta once purchased a man for the purpose of, quote, procuring subjects for anatomical study. Yes, this is real and stay with us here. In 1852, the Medical College of Georgia, or MCG, bought a black man named Grandison Harris to be their exclusive body snatcher for their anatomy classes, and he was jointly owned by all seven members of the school's medical faculty. Let's unpack that statement and a half. Yes, a medical college purchased a 36-year-old enslaved man in the mid-1800s when slavery was legal in the state of Georgia. According to faculty minutes from an 1852 meeting at MCG, the dean of the college purchased Grandison at a Charleston, South Carolina auction for $700. So $700 in 1850, if you're curious, is roughly equivalent in purchasing power to about $26,000 today. According to reports of the event, Grandison was separated from his wife, who was pregnant, and who remained enslaved as well. Grandison was described as, quote, a large and powerful Gullah slave, born in 1816 in West Africa. As an enslaved Gullah man, he would have been from one of several tribal groups of West and Central Africa who, upon being brought to the United States, were primarily forced to work on the plantations of coastal North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, often on rice and cotton plantations. Grandison's fate brought him to Georgia, but not to a rice field. Before Grandison became MCG's go-to grave robber, the faculty had tried a few alternative methods for procuring cadavers. First, there was no way these seven doctors, who were apparently comfortable owning a human, planned to potentially ruin their reputations by getting caught with a hand in a coffin. So that was out. The school's cadaver program began just like a lot did. They purchased fresh corpses for 75 cents each from local body snatchers in Augusta. But they ran up against a common problem. There was a limited supply. In 1839, the school tried a different tactic and began to source cadavers from out of state. For $100, one order of bodies from New York City was shipped in barrels of whiskey to preserve them during travel. What is unclear in that report, though, is exactly how many bodies one might purchase for $100 shipped from New York. Regardless, that was not really an efficient method anyway. They still needed more corpses. So to fill this void, they brought in Grandison. For decades, Grandison's work was as an in-house resurrection man dedicated to stealing bodies from graves at downtown Augusta's Black Cedar Grove Cemetery to be delivered to and used by the medical school. Cedar Grove Cemetery is notable here because it was reserved for Augusta's impoverished and Black residents. There was no fence, and the bodies there were buried in plain pine coffins, sometimes known as toothpicks. Dr. Eugene Murphy, an MCG professor and former dean, who was a contemporary of Grandison, had observed the body snatcher at work. He recounted his routine as, quote, he would go to the cemetery late at night with only the moon watching. He would quickly dig down to the upper end of the box, smash it with an axe, 
reach in there with his long and powerful arms and draw the subject out. He would put the subject in a big sack, place it in a cart, and carry it to the school. Grandison, we should note, was known to be really meticulous. He would memorize the gravesite before disturbing it, and then he was able to recreate that gravesite perfectly once he had put the dirt back down, right down to the flower arrangements. The exhumed body was first destined for preservation in vats of whiskey, and later it was off to the dissection table. Between 1835 and 1912, 598 Telfair Street, an impressive Greek Revival-style building, housed nearly all of the medical college's anatomy classes and their cadavers. Stories of these, quote, night doctors, a term often used in regard to the stealing and selling of bodies, became part of local Black folklore tradition. And men like Harris and Baker as well were turned into a sort of bogeyman used to scare local children, and frankly, to scare adults as well. There's a chapter on Harris in the book Bones in the Basement, Postmortem Racism in 19th Century Medical Training, in which J. Philip Waring, retired administrator of the Urban League, is quoted as saying, Local blacks feared him because they did not know who he was going to dig up next. He was feared in the, I don't want to say supernatural, but anyone who goes out and digs up bodies and gets away with it and makes money and the medical college promoted him and what have you... What kind of person was this? It's believed doctors and doctors in training at the medical school were the ones who taught Grandison to read and write so that he could follow the obituaries and funeral announcements in the local papers. It was illegal for an enslaved person to read or write at this time in America's history, so Grandison had skills that other Black men would not have had. Chris Baker, for instance, was not literate. Historians also believe that Grandison had decent knowledge of anatomy and even assisted during dissections, and that he became something of a respected mentor-like figure among the medical students. In photographs taken of each graduating class during his tenure, you will find Harris standing along with the students. Eugene Murphy of MCG also described how after one late-night run, Grandison went from the graveyard to a saloon. Two students who'd been watching the night doctor walked over to his wagon and pulled a corpse from a sack. One of the students, as the story goes, then climbed into that sack. When Grandison returned from having a drink, the student moaned from within the sack, quote, Grandison, I'm cold, buy me a drink. And to that, the legend goes, Grandison replied, you can buy your own damn drink. With the end of the Civil War on April 9, 1865, and the abolition of slavery on December 18, 1865, Grandison was a free man, and he left MCG. His wife and child, a son named George, moved to be with him. He relocated his family across the Savannah River from Augusta to the small town of Hamburg, South Carolina. That's now known as North Augusta. And there he served as a judge in a Freedmen's Bureau court. Those were courts meant to settle cases of freed or formerly enslaved people who were facing prejudice in the white court system. Even with his family reunited and a new respectable job, there is no way this was an easy time for Grandison. The Reconstruction period had become a violent political crisis, and in its failure, Jim Crow laws became the way things were in Georgia and across many southern states. 
and Grandison found himself in a strange place in his community. He could read and write. He held a good job. He's described as wearing, quote, proper gentleman's clothing. And a description of that would be, say, imagine a Panama hat in the summer, a derby in the winter, and he always wore a boutonniere in his lapel on Sundays. Grandison, it seems from all accounts, was a really friendly man. It was known among the black community that he threw great parties that were attended by the elite of local black society. He was a member of the influential Colored Knights of Pythias, a Masonic secret society that was started in 1880 by black men. It borrowed from the rituals of the White Knights of Pythias. The biggest difference here was that any race was eligible to join the Colored Knights. Hamburg was a small, primarily black community across the river from Augusta, Georgia. But that doesn't mean that it was a haven for black residents. White people from the surrounding area continually clashed with the residents there. An event called the Hamburg Massacre happened there in July of 1876. That massacre was rooted in racial hatred and political motives, and it began as a simple dispute over free passage on a public road. Two white farmers were temporarily blocked from crossing a road while an all-black regiment engaged in a military exercise. Outraged, the men, who were named Thomas Butler and Henry Getson, filed a formal complaint demanding Hamburg's all-black militia be disbanded. This is a very significant and detailed event in Southern history. We are speeding through it, we know. But the deal here is that when the governor called in local paramilitary groups known as the Red Shirts to quell any violence that seemed to be simmering, at least according to his estimation, terrible things happened. Hundreds of the all-white Red Shirts surrounded and attacked the Black Militia Regiment. Six Black men and one white man were killed, and the event did nothing but worsen relation between the races. Spurred by racial tension, Grandison left Hamburg. He moved his family to Augusta and returned to his work in the dissection lab, this time as a full-time employee at the Medical College of Georgia, and that meant he was paid for his work. He received $8 a month for doing the work he'd previously done for the school as an enslaved man. We did find one report that his salary fell between $10 and $15 a month, so a little bit more. And that when he retired in 1905, it was on a pension of $10 a month. So we're in the ballpark here. He was listed as a porter in the medical school's records, although everyone knew that wasn't really his job. But this time around at MCG, the medical students didn't see him as a mentor. They treated him, it's reported, as though he had been, quote, disloyal to the South by working on the behalf of the black community in a Freedmen's Bureau court and they mocked him for his attempt at social climbing. In fact, both students and faculty mocked him by calling him Judge. Off campus, among free and enslaved blacks in Augusta at the time, Grandison was known as a ghost, a ghoul, and even a villain. Despite a new law allowing dissection in Georgia to be legal beginning in 1887, that law still didn't mean there were enough fresh corpses for dissection tables, and the body snatcher profession was still needed. Grandison continued to not only rob graves, but help purchase corpses of the poor who died in prisons and hospitals, and from anywhere else he got a tip on a fresh corpse. 
As Grandison got older, his son, George, began to take on more of the school's graveyard responsibilities. But George was not as well-liked or as responsible as his father had been. The dissection lab began to emit an odor strong enough for the Board of Health to be called in, and they discovered not only old rags and tobacco on the floor, but also scraps from dissection procedures and a neglected vat full of bones. Not the kind of scene a medical school, or actually really anyone, wants to explain. Grandison retired in 1908 after giving one final lecture instructing the medical students on the finer points of being a night doctor. He died of heart failure in 1911 at the age of 95, and he was buried in Cedar Grove, the very same cemetery where he had plundered for fresh corpses for decades. In 1929, the cemetery's records were destroyed when the Savannah River overflowed, and today, still, no one knows where Harris's body lies. In addition to that bone collection, in 1989, construction workers accidentally discovered the remains of, we've seen this two ways, actually, of roughly 400 corpses or 10,000 bones below the old medical college building on Telfair Street many of whom were likely secretly disposed of by Grandison as part of his daily duties. Some remains were still marked as specimens, but because many were scattered or broken, it's been difficult for archaeologists and forensic anthropologists to determine much about them. The ancestry, sex, or age of each individual is unknown. What they have been able to figure out, though, through testing, is that 77% of the bones are male and most of the remains belonged to black men. Found with them were old medical tools, as well as an old wooden vat that had been used to store bodies in whiskey, and that vat still contained bones, too. The discovery was turned over to local authorities, and the bones were buried in Cedar Grove Cemetery in 1998. This is, obviously, a very complex story. It's not just body snatching. There is also race, socioeconomic status, right and wrong. And it's a story that we hope experts dive more deeply into. One thing that kept coming up in the research for today's show is that there's going to be more to this story than meets the eye. And we completely agree. So we hope we have done it justice, but we acknowledge there's a lot of depth here we can't even get into because the information has not really been studied. I, Holly, hope that you are not going to serve us anything from that vat. No rock gut whiskey today, please. No, and in fact, I'm sidestepping whiskey and using an alternate spirit in something. This was one where it was a little bit tricky because I was trying to think of something that we could make that would be a little historical, pretty commonly associated with the South, Mm -hmm. and uh, not too disrespectful. Right? It's a little bit tricky. Of course. Very tricky. The thing that kept coming to my mind is a mint julep. I am not that big of a fan of, I will confess, but there's a fun history lesson to this as well, which will help be a little bit of a palate cleanser if you just need a little break from headier things. And I wanted to make it a little bit different than the mint julep you have probably been served if you've ordered one before, because it gets its own association with a lot of very racist institutions in some cases. However, if we go all the way back to the origin, it's different than what you're drinking today, probably, Mm -hmm. right? If you look up the International Association of Bartenders recipe for a mint julep, it's like sugar, water, your mint, and whiskey or Mm -hmm. bourbon. 
we're not doing that. But we are doing a variation. And I ended up going to a book that I have in love, which was written by Jerry Thomas in the 1860s. If you are a, a drinker or a bar person, Jerry Thomas, he's sometimes called the father of mixology. We've referenced him before on the show. He wrote several books called The Bartender's Guide and various other names. But this is really like the first English language codification of like drink recipes. His julep is a fun one. I'm actually going to read it because it's not terribly long. He first starts with a way to basically make simple syrup. We'll skip that. It's very short. But then it reads, take three or four sprigs of fresh mint, press them well in the sugar and water until the flavor of the mint is extracted. Add one and a half wine glass of cognac brandy and fill the glass with fine shaved ice. Then draw out the sprigs of mint and insert them in the ice with the stems downward so that the leaves will be above in the shape of a bouquet. Arrange berries and small pieces of sliced orange on top in a tasty manner. Dash with Jamaica rum and sprinkle white sugar on top. Place a straw as represented in the cut and you have a julep that is fit for an emperor. He also includes variations to do a brandy julep, a gin julep, a whiskey julep, which is what most people get today, or a pineapple julep. So I wanted to go back to that original cognac julep, because your girl loves cognac, which I am calling the anatomical man. And I'm adding another twist to it to just make it its own unique thing and take it out of some of its previous associations. Mm-hmm. So you are going to use your tablespoon of simple syrup or a vanilla syrup if your name is Holly Fry. That's presume in any recipe where I say simple syrup, I'm probably using vanilla syrup because I just like it better. Then you are going to small dice one large strawberry, toss it in there, and then four to five mint leaves. And you're just going to muddle them. You know how normally I say don't go crazy muddling? Go crazy muddling because (laughs) you really want to mash up that strawberry and get it so it can fit through a straw, theoretically. That's the problem with strawberries. They they stick in the straw. So I get your your muddle the hell out of this. If you can find like a boba straw that are made to take in those big boba pearls, that to me is a great way if you're doing a, a fruit muddled drink. It's no fun to be sipping a drink and then, Get you know. stuck. <laughs> right. So once you have your strawberry and your mint leaves and your syrup muddled really well to the point that it's a slurry in the bottom, just fill the whole glass with crushed ice. Crushed ice is very important. I will tell you why in a moment. You're going to add the crushed ice. You're going to put in two ounces of cognac. You stir it. You want it to get chilled on the outside of your glass before you even try to drink it. This is where I also explain crushed ice. You'll see in cocktail recipes, like they sometimes call for specific kinds of ice. And that's not just to be like a fancy pants unicorn. They serve different purposes. So in the case of this, if you were to just drink your two ounces of cognac with your strawberry and mint leaves, it is to my palate not that delicious, even with the sweetness of it, because it's just too strong. It's too many strong flavors. Crushed ice versus like cubed ice has greater surface area. So it's diluting your alcohol a little bit more quickly and you're actually getting a more sippable drink. That is the science of different kinds of ices used in different kinds of drinks, right? If you have like a drink where it calls for one large ice cube, what they mean is we don't want you to dilute this any more than is absolutely 
necessarily going to happen to keep it cold. So like you want your stuff mixed together. You want it to dilute it. You are purposely watering down your alcohol. This is the case if you do a whiskey-based julep Mm -hmm. as well. Crushed ice is key. And it probably goes without saying, you don't want to just slurp it all down quickly because you want it to have some time to dilute. That is the anatomical man in its alcohol form. If you want to make a non-alcoholic one, it's super easy. You do the same exact thing, but you want to put in two ounces of very, very, very strong tea. So you basically are making like the world's yummiest iced tea with strawberry and mint in it. And if you use vanilla syrup, it makes it very lovely. I use a black tea there. Mm -hmm. I've seen some people, I was doing some research about other mocktail variations on mint juleps. And some people like to use a combination of a mint tea and a black tea together, which sounds like an interesting idea to steep with two bags in your your cup or whatever. Yeah. Because that will give you more of that minty, minty flavor since black tea can overwhelm softer flavors sometimes. But you'll do everything else the same. Again, keep that crushed ice. You want that tea very strong. That is the anatomical man. I will say I prefer the mocktail on this one. Yeah. As much as I generally love cognac, the mocktail is more palatable for me. It's more refreshing, which is really what I want from any drink anyway. Like, I, I'm not a big wine drinker, I've always said, and it's because part of it, I'm allergic to a lot of wine. But right. I also just don't find wine refreshing. Like, when I drink mm-hmm. wine, I feel like I need to drink something to be hydrated afterwards. <laughs> well, that's a problem. Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you're doing, like, a heavy cognac-only thing, like, I like cognac in things more than on its own, so... That is the scoop with why we went to a historical version of the julep and then put our own little twister roux on it, which hopefully is yummy for everybody that tries it. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you didn't know about crushed ice and why it's important, now you do. This is also why if you meet people that are really into bar culture and tiki bar culture has a lot of people that are very obsessed with their ice shapes, (laughs) but that is part of it. It is part of the actual mix of your drink. It changes the the flavor profile of your drink quite a bit. So it's also like sometimes you will shake a drink with ice, sometimes without, because if you're doing it with ice, you actually are hoping for a little dilution in the process. Science. Welcome to the science part of the show. <laughs> like I said, that is the anatomical man, our yes. twist on a julep. And I hope you dig it. Thank you for spending this time with us this week. I'm so uh, glad that we took time to tell these two particular stories. And we will be right back here next week with more Grave Robin and Resurrection on Criminalia. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.